I'm so excited to talk to you guys about today's sponsor, Pros. Pros is the custom beauty brand that is all over your feed. I had been wanting to try them for so long. And when I tell you guys that I put on my Instagram story that they were going to be sponsoring the podcast, I got so many genuine organic responses from my following of people being like, oh my God, I love Pros. I've been using it for years. So don't even just take it from me, but take it from the genuine people that reached out agreeing with me about how much they love Pros. And when Pros says custom, they actually mean it. Each and every bottle of Pros custom hair and skincare is made to order and personalized with a unique blend of naturally powerful and proven effective ingredients to meet your needs. Their in-depth consultation analyzes over 80 factors for a complete view of your life and beauty goals. One of the coolest parts of the questionnaire that I thought was they literally asked me about my location and my zip code so that they could understand how hard the water is here, what the UV index is like, if it's cold, if it's dry, and all of that goes into these truly personalized products. Pros even did a third-party, double-blind, dermatologist-supervised controlled clinical study, aka the gold standard in research studies, and Pros proved that personalization works better than off-the-shelf alternatives. So try it for yourself and get your healthiest hair in 30 days or your money back. Pros is so confident that you'll love your results that they're offering the Artie Friends listeners an exclusive trial offer so that you can see the difference custom care can make. 50% off your first subscription order at pros, P-R-O-S-E dot com slash Artie Friends. That's pros.com slash Artie Friends for your free consultation and 50% off your one-of-a-kind formulas. Pros.com slash Artie Friends. Hello, friends. For today's episode, we finally have all the details for our live event that's coming up on Saturday, July 23rd, and it's going to be a live show and meetup. So we are hosting this in Omaha, Nebraska at New Wave. It's going to be a friendship event where you can come and meet new people, connect with listeners of the show. We're going to do a live show where we'll be recording an episode of the podcast live for you guys. We'll get to answer some of your what would your bestie do questions. And yeah, it's going to be a good time. We'll have some games. You can shop at the New Wave. We'll have some light bites, some mocktails. And yeah, there's going to be something for everyone. So if you want to come to our event, tickets are on sale now. You can head to our website, we'realreadyfriends.com, and you can see the link at the top of the site there. You can also go to our Instagram at we'realreadyfriends and see the link in our bio. But yeah, make sure you get your tickets soon. Our last event did sell out and there are limited tickets for this event. We hope to see you guys there. Hello and welcome back to the Artie Friends Podcast. This is Allison. And this is Kara. Today we have on an amazing guest, guys. This is such a good episode. We're so pumped for you to listen. We have Holly Sandberg on. Holly is a friend of mine. She went into all the things talking about moving from New York City to Seattle, which she's currently doing. She's actually road tripping across the US and staying here with me in St. Louis as a little pit stop. She talks about that, talks about her spirituality journey with astrology, manifestation, all those things. And she's British. So a little fun fact, you'll definitely hear that right away. So that's not a shocker at all. But yeah, it was such a good conversation. She's just a ray of sunshine, which makes sense because her username on social media is Sunshine by Holly. So yeah, it's gonna be a good combo and stay tuned for that. Yeah, it was truly such a delightful conversation. First, we'll catch up really quick. We'll keep it short and then we'll do our Peaks of the Week and then we will fully introduce her. Yes, very short updates for me here. Uh, Just enjoying being engaged. I think I just want to say thank you to everyone who sent very nice messages and comments. I swear to God, every single person I've ever met in my entire life has said (laughs) something really nice and reached out, which I was just so shocked and overwhelmed by, which is just... Yeah, just like an amazing outpouring of love. Literally every time I would look at a comment or a message, it was like every single person I've ever met my entire life. So thank you, everyone. I have truly never felt more loved. And such a great way to celebrate was with all your nice words. And yeah, so enjoying being engaged. My parents were in town this week from still being in town from the little surprise engagement party. So it was really enjoying spending time with them. And yeah, I have our guest in town, Holly. So that has been so fun. So... All that to say, I think my peak of the week is just having my parents in town, getting engaged, still having my friend Holly in town, and just spending good quality time with people that I really care about. Yeah, you've got your your little community. They're all there with you. 
mm-hmm. which community is tying in from last week. We talked a lot about that this week too. And I feel like we followed up on kind of like some concepts from last week's episode. That So that was kind of cool and unexpected. For me, I've just kind of been working on some home things. If you guys remember, one of my goals for the year was to do um, two Airbnb or hotel collabs, which that part's not important, but the reward for that Each time I did it, I was giving myself like a little trip to get containers. And so since I had two done for the year, I finally redeemed my rewards with myself like months later. And I went to the zero waste shop here in Omaha because it's kind of expensive to get started getting some of those containers and those products. Like in the long run, I definitely think it's much cheaper because you're buying something that lasts and you don't have to rebuy it all the time. For example, like the wool dryer balls. They're like six for $20. So that's probably more than the up front cost of one pack of dryer sheets, but then you have them for over a thousand loads. So Mm -hmm. I kind of was just waiting till a lot of my non-zero waste cleaners and home things finished. And I had a really fun time going to the shop and getting some things. I do have a haul on my TikTok if anyone is particularly interested. So yeah, I was kind of just like working in the house and in the kitchen and in my um, underneath my sink with my cleaning supplies this week. And it's I'm making progress. It's looking good. My ultimate goal is to like have the kitchen shelves where, you know, it's like the pasta is like in a glass jar. The flour is in a glass jar. Like all of the nuts, everything is in jars. Like nothing mm-hmm. is in the plastic or the boxes or anything. And it's also helping me like see what I have. I feel like I've been cooking more this week because I'm like, wow, we have so many spices and mm-hmm. things. And they're not just like tucked away in a box where you have no idea what's going on. Yeah, or you see one ingredient and you're like, oh, I could do this. And like you get some ideas running. Mm-hmm. And then maybe the next time you're at the grocery store, you pick up something else that you can make with that. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, that was kind of fun. My peak really quick uh, was finding the, I don't want to say it wrong, Ksenia. Her name is spelled K-S-E-N-I-A, Ksenia Brief. She is changing the name of her podcast. So... I don't know what she's changing it to. Apparently, it's like relaunching next week. But I'm sure if you look up her website or her socials, she'll have it on there. But that podcast is literally changing my entire life. I've binged like, I don't know, five or six episodes in the last week. And I feel like I've just been... My mind has been expanding so much. I'm like taking notes. Usually when I listen to a podcast, it's like kind of in the background or I'm just like, oh, I'm like a fly in the wall in the room. But with this, I'm like, I feel like she's like a teacher and she's like (laughs) telling me what to do with my life. And I'm like, yes, you're so right. And I'm like taking notes and it's kind of been my evening ritual the last week. So yeah, just shout out to that because it was a fun find. Wow. And I think that sounds really nice. Sometimes it's nice to like get back into that student mindset and like take notes on stuff and feel like you're learning. So I think I'm going to have to check out that podcast too. It sounds really good. Yeah. Okay, cool. All right. And now your guys' Peaks of the Week. Danielle said, I moved to New York City, pulled the trigger, and and am committed to start building my dream life. That's amazing. Congrats, Danielle. China said, snagged a great class pass deal at a new workout studio I tried last week. Love the good workout deals, especially I feel like a lot of them have it in the summer because they're trying to really get people into the studios. My studio is doing that too right now. So it is a good shout. Okay. Tori said, seeing the Backstreet Boys with my bestie. That's amazing. We love a good Backstreet Boys moment. And Caroline said, going to Sweden, Denmark, and France with my husband. Wow. What a nice trip. That sounds really, really lovely for this summer. Wow. Safe travels. And yeah, it's everyone traveling. Travel safely. You guys are all having the best adventures and I'm here for it. Perfect. Sorry to cut all of our introductions short, but truly you guys are going to want to stick around for this conversation with Holly. It's so good. It's so rich. I feel like just at ease after that conversation. Mm -hmm. And it definitely has inspired us to get back on our guest game. We were kind of slacking with having guests on, but it's just hard. There's a lot of schedules that need to be coordinated. And it was literally perfect that Holly was staying here with me because it's just so easy to throw up another mic and just hit record. But yeah, looking forward to some more guests because this was just too good. Yeah. And Holly and I know each other from working on a Visit the USA project together. Holly was actually casted as a British person to go and explore the Northeast of the US, which the video was so great and Holly was amazing. And we totally just hit it off as coworkers and friends. So here she is now. And like I said, her story is amazing. So without further ado, here is Holly Sandberg. Hello, Holly. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm genuinely so excited and honored to be here. I just love everything that you guys do and like the messages that you put out there. So I'm, yeah, very excited to be here. 
We are so oh, excited to have you. you. What the heck? It's so sweet. Guys, do you hear her voice? Is this not the most perfect podcasting voice you've ever heard? They don't think that in England. <laughs> <laughs> there, I'm just like some common mutt, but here I sound <laughs> so much better. <laughs> Would you give us a little background about you? You have this British accent, so you are from the UK. Yeah, exactly. So uh, yes, hello, I'm Holly. I'm from the UK. Uh, I moved over to America two and a half years ago now. I actually moved over five weeks before the pandemic, which was excellent timing. But I've managed to turn it into a pretty wonderful ride by like going out and exploring. Uh, I'm very much into travel. So it actually turned into a happy accident for me to be here during the pandemic because when everyone else back in the UK was enduring like four different lockdowns, I was traveling the US and seeing as much as I could. So yeah, it worked out okay. And I'm glad to be here and I'm still here. So I'm obviously enjoying it. (laughs) We can go ahead and ask you, why did you want to move to the US? What inspired you to come over here in the first place? Yeah. So I think the reason that I moved over is different to why a lot of people move over because I originally moved to New York because my company opened an office in New York and they wanted people to go over there and kind of help bring the culture from the UK office into the US office. I had never been to New York in my life. I'll be very honest. I didn't actually have much interest in being in New York, but uh, I think it was probably, yeah, four months before I moved or five months before I moved, I got put on a project where they flew me out to Colorado. And that in itself was felt like a very fated thing to happen because my old company, the company I was working for at the time, had never done anything in Colorado. Has never done anything in Colorado since. It's not a place where you associate a lot of kind of food businesses to be, which is what we essentially are used to dealing in. But I went over to Colorado. I knew not very much about America at the time, but I did love traveling. At the time, I was traveling a lot of Europe. And I just had the craziest trip from start to finish when I went to Colorado. It started with me... I sat on the plane and this is like something out of a book, but I sat next to the most gorgeous man you have ever seen in your whole entire life. Like tattoos, super tanned, super outdoorsy. Uh, (laughs) Ended up hooking up with him. (laughs) Wait, on the airplane or later? I wish it was on the airplane because that would have been like a better story. But no, he basically was like, um, bear in mind, this is a work trip, right? And I flew out probably two days before everyone else because I needed to scope out what was happening. So he said, do you have a lift back from the airport? Do you want to ride? And I was like, yeah, sure. We ended up going on a hike together and (laughs) hooked up in the forest. (laughs) I swear, I think the first time you told me a story, you said like, snagged or something snagged you guys snog snog (laughs) snog I mean we did more than that but (laughs) wait wait wait. explain what does the term snogged mean okay so a snog is a British word to like make out is that what you would say here so it just means you had a little make out session but yeah you could say we did that So that was literally my first day in Colorado, uh, going out and experiencing nature <laughs> in, in all the wonderful ways. The full experience of the nature. Full, yeah, yeah <laughs> the full experience of nature. And then I had this crazy week of workshops. Uh, my um, colleagues texted me and they were like, how did you get back from the airport? We're struggling to find taxis. And I was like, uh. <laughs> just keep trying. They'll yeah. come. Just keep trying. <laughs> um. Yes, I had this crazy week of workshops and then I had a weekend free to explore Colorado. And so everyone at the workshop was giving me advice, like go see Rocky Mountain and things like that. But I actually had a friend message me, an English friend who had done a road trip through America. And he said, the most incredible place I've ever been in my life is Arches National Park. He said, it's like being on Mars and you have to go there. So I looked it up. It's a six hour drive away. And again, in the UK, I don't think I'd driven anywhere further than two hours away. We just don't do big, long drives. It doesn't happen. So I grabbed a rental car. Luckily, I was with an American colleague and he asked me if I could give him a lift for the first 30 minutes, which thank God, 
because the car I got given was an automatic. I'd never driven an automatic before. Oh my gosh. In England, we drive on the other side of the road. Things like crossroads and stuff here, they don't really exist in England in the same way. So this poor guy, <laughs> he was just sat in this car as we're like jolting around <laughs> um, because I'm trying to slam on the clutch and instead I'm slamming on the brake. Oh my God. Anyway. So I get this car, I drive on my own, six hours down to Arches. I get there at four o'clock in the afternoon, kind of the sun's setting in a few hours. I drive, I'm like driving through the park, amazed, in awe, everything. I get to the very end and then the trail at the very end is called Devil's Garden and it's the longest trail in Arches. I know nothing about hiking in America at this point. Absolutely nothing. In England, like the most danger you're going to come across when you're going on a walk, like we don't say hiking, we say we're going on a walk because that's as extreme as it gets. And the most dangerous thing that can happen is that you'll get trampled by a cow or a horse as you walk through a field. So you can imagine my surprise when I think I'm going on a, like I'm following this trail and then suddenly I find myself like up on one of those huge fins that you find out there and you're, you're looking down and there's this massive steep drop down the side and you realize, oh, I could, I could die here mm. <laughs> like, very easily. I was very stupid. I didn't really have enough water with me. I got lost on the trail and the sun was going down, but I survived and it was the most incredible thing I have ever done in my whole entire life. And from that moment on, I was just obsessed with everything that America had to offer, all the national parks. So it was really a life-changing event. And I think when you're traveling solo, you always meet people, make friends and things. So I met a lot of people on that trip. And yeah, I came home and I was just like, this thing had been ignited inside me. And I went home and within two months, I'd signed a contract with my work um, saying that I would move to America. In fact, I actually sat in Colorado. I found a lake. I went on a hike on my way back. I found a lake and I opened up my journal and I wrote, how do I quit my job and move to Colorado? And yeah, when I went home less than two months later, my company had offered me a job in New York and I was just, yeah, I just took it and went and didn't look back. So, yeah. Wow. That's such an empowering story. You really just kicked off your US experience with like a full bang. Yeah. <laughs> literally. And has it been? Yeah, oh my God. Literally. I know. <laughs> and has it been as magical since? And has it lived up to your expectations since? <laughs> She's like, oh, there were. It has because, <laughs> because I moved here for travel. It happened in a way different to what I imagined, right? Because mm -hmm. I came here to move to New York, kind of always thinking that New York I would use as a jumping off point and I would be traveling all the time and I would meet loads of like-minded people. And then the pandemic hit. And so I moved out of New York when the pandemic hit. So it's not been what I expected in that way, but that actually helped me to experience much more of the States than I would have if I'd stayed in New York. So yeah, it's been very, very different to what I thought it would be, but I've definitely probably done more than I wanted to um, in terms of travel. So it's been amazing so far. Really quick, could we hone in on your New York experience? So you lived in London, right back home? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I feel like London. of the big, you know, mega cities in the whole world, like London and New York are two that are always mentioned. Were mm -hmm. there some similarities between the two cities that you found that you liked? What was different? Any culture shock? I would love to hear your take on that. Yeah. So I got such a culture shock coming to New York because I think I was of the same mind uh, that, you know, they're both big metropolitan cities and they're kind of one and the same wherever you go. But when I moved to London, because I moved to London from a tiny village in England. So when I moved to London, I remember thinking, oh, this is a big city. I could never imagine living here your whole life. I could never imagine raising kids here. And then I moved to New York and I was like, oh, London's a tiny village. <laughs> like London is so small and so cute <laughs> oh my because New York is so intense. I mean, there is just nowhere that I've been that's anywhere near like it. And I think the people are so intense. There's just, there really is this energy and it's kind of a twofold energy. There really is this energy of optimism and opportunity. And if you want to make it happen, you can make it happen, which is 
very different to anywhere I've experienced in Europe. And I loved that because, yeah, kind of that energy that it gave you, that vibrancy, I really enjoyed. But the flip side of that is that, again, it's that real intensity of the energy. And in my experience now, kind of coming in and out of the city, I struggle with that because I think it makes people a bit more angry oh, <laughs> sometimes. Yeah. Like I when people shout at me, again, in England, you do not shout at people that you don't know. Like you cue politely and yeah, you don't really speak out of turn that much. And People will just yell at you in New York and it still like shocks me and I still don't know how to deal with it. So I think that was probably the biggest culture shock. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think you can go into that story of you had moved to New York. It's February of 2020, March 15th. The world shut down. What happens in Holly's story? Oh my God. (laughs) So this is where it gets really wild. I think I've just now realized your life is literally a movie. Like you need to sell the rights to your life because like what (laughs) Holly's about to say is going to blow everyone's minds. (laughs) For sure. So yeah, it is. And I don't think, you know, when I was picturing my life in America, you know, you always create these fantasies like, oh my God, what if I met someone like this? And oh my God, could you imagine if I met this like American person and we just started doing stuff together? And what happened to me literally surpassed anything I could have ever imagined in my mind. So when I, how do I start this? Hang on. So it's March 15th. The world goes into lockdown. I didn't even know. I woke up to texts from my friends saying, oh my God, the city is shut down. New York has shut down. Are you okay? And that was how I found out. And it didn't even really register to me what was happening because I still got up. I still got ready for work. I still walked down the road. And it was only when I went to the cafe that I'd been going to every day to pick up my coffee. And it was obviously closed that I was suddenly like, oh shit. (laughs) Because at that point, I had no friends in the city. I'd been there five weeks. The only human contact I had was the baristas that I was getting my coffee from and like the doorman to my office. So suddenly when all of that is taken away from you and you've just got a studio flat on your own, it's a very scary experience. So I was walking through Central Park. I was on the phone to my mom and there was one person at work that I was friendly with at this point. I mean, I was friendly with all of them, but one person that I could, I knew I could like ask if I could go and stay with them. And that was the intern at the time. His name was Cameron. So Cameron is a dual citizen. He is a dual citizen for both the UK and the US. So he'd worked in the UK office with me for six months, but we didn't really know each other. And then they'd moved him to the US just two weeks after me. So for two weeks, we'd both been together. And because we'd both moved to the city, we would go and get lunch together. We would walk around the city. Sometimes we would go to Central Park together after work and just walk around and just enjoy being somewhere new together. So my mum said, you know, I think you need to text Cameron and see if there's somewhere you can go, like if you can go and be with him um, just for this week or whatever, right? Because we just thought that pandemic was just a, a fleeting moment. So Cameron had gone to stay at his dad's house. His dad had a house in New Jersey. So I messaged him and I spent a really long time like, oh, I hope this isn't too much of an imposition, but would it be okay if I came and stayed with you just for a small amount of time? And I pressed send on that message and he replied to me straight away and said, check your Zoom because I'd WhatsApped him. So I checked my Zoom and literally the exact moment that I sent him the message on WhatsApp, he had sent me a message on Zoom saying, me and my dad have been talking. We don't like the idea that you're alone in the city. Do you want to come and stay with us? So that felt very filled with goosebumps. Oh my God. Yeah, literally couldn't write it. And again, it just felt like a real sign from the universe. Like this is okay. Like you're going to be okay. This is where you can go. So I went back to my apartment and like, I don't know if either of you were in New York when the pandemic hit, but I was walking down streets and there was no one there. And it was 10 o'clock in the morning. I passed one woman who was on the phone, like screaming down the phone, like, my kids got it. My kids' friends got it. It literally felt apocalyptic. I've never seen anything like it. So by this point, I'm starting to get scared. I run back to my apartment. I pack all my stuff together and I get on a train. He's just told me where to go. And his dad, who I've obviously never met, no idea what he looks like, picks me up in his car, drives me to their house. Luckily, his dad is the most friendly, talkative person you'll ever meet. So he makes me feel at ease straight away. So I go to the house. Cam hasn't told me that the house is beautiful. It's on a river. They have a boat. 
they're like 10 minutes away from the beach. <laughs> it's like like every American film you've seen like back in England of like, oh, you just go to America and you meet someone who has a boat and lives on this house by the water. And I was like, oh, what? <laughs> like, is this common? Does this happen to everyone? So beautiful house. And then, yeah, over the next four weeks, me and Cam spend literally every single second with each other. So we're working with each other. We're, you know, spending our time outside of work with each other. We're turning on the news every night and seeing what more apocalyptic stuff is happening. And over the space of four weeks, you know, something just really grew. Like we've both said since that we didn't have any kind of sexual tension or romantic attraction at the beginning. We just genuinely saw each other as friends. He's a bit younger than me. So all my friends were saying like, oh, you guys are going to hook up. And I said, no, no. He's like my younger brother. (laughs) Not. Um, And then, yeah, after four weeks, I sent a text to my friend and I was just like, I spend literally every second of the day with this man, like every second. And every night I go to bed and I'm excited to see him again the next day. And she was like, you love him. (laughs) We want to say thank you to one of our sponsors of the show, She Podcasts Live. Are you a woman podcaster looking to take your show to the next level? If the answer is yes, then you should attend the She Podcasts Live this October. You'll be able to learn from some of the best female podcasters in the world and get insider tips on how to make your podcast even better. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, this event is for you. Not only you'll be able to learn tons of new information, but you'll also be able to network with other amazing podcasters. This is a great opportunity for anyone who wants to take their podcasting skills to the next level. She Podcast Live is committed to bringing a diverse and inclusive lineup and their team works extremely hard to make sure that those who are chosen to speak are 50% women of color, LGBTQ, or both. They also highlight industry experts and leaders in the space so attendees are exposed to the women at the top. She Podcast Live is giving Already Friends listeners a special discount of $50 off your ticket when you use the code AF. She Podcast promises that you'll be feeling inspired, motivated, and ready to take on anything. Go to ShePodcastLive.com, use code AF to register, and thank you so much to She Podcast Live for sponsoring the podcast. So yeah, so then a few days later, we were alone in the house. We were just like, he was playing guitar, I was doing yoga or something. And we just ended up being very close with each other. And yeah, then I leaned in and kissed him. And the rest was history. Like we literally just two peas in a pod, living with each other, working with each other, spending every second of every day with each other, just kind of falling in love for like a year. So that was pretty, pretty magical. (laughs) And yeah, when I talk about it now and look back at it very much like a book or a film. So I feel very blessed for our little pandemic bubble we had. Um, I'm like about to cry. Can you share some more <laughs> lovey-dovey stories from that time? <sighs> um, so I don't know. I guess how did you guys become official? Like, so you guys kissed. Then what? Did you start dating or were you like, this is wrong? We can't oh, do this. So, I mean, I don't think either of us were like, this is... I don't think either of us thought that this was wrong, but... Cam and I were very similar in some ways, but we're very different in other ways. And when it comes to work, I don't have a work persona. You know, I'm like, what you see is what you get. Cam is a Capricorn. And so he definitely has a work persona. He's very professional. He's very serious. And he's, again, younger than me. So he was very, you know, he was new to the company. He was very concerned with how people would see him. So we literally did not tell a single person we were dating because all of my friends were wrapped up in work people. Um, so I think I told two people back home. I told my mum. We tra- we hid it from his dad for like two, three months because we were still trying to figure out what we were. You know, we were like, are we just hooking up? Is this... I mean, I knew it was something more, but I think he needed a bit of time to come around to that idea. So we literally hid it from everyone and our colleagues didn't know for a year. (laughs) Yeah, when was the first Instagram post? Like a year later? Yeah, so I quit my job a year later. And by that point, everyone is like forgotten about it. You know, they're used to seeing us together. They're like, if something had happened, we would have found out by now. So it was very (laughs) anticlimactic. When I dropped it, everyone was like, oh. (laughs) Like if we told them three months in, they would have been so hyped. But after a year, everyone was like, oh, no, yeah, I guess that makes sense. (laughs) Like, why would you still be there after a year if you weren't dating? Because I was still living with his dad. So yeah, so there wasn't, yeah, there was a big drop after 
a year, but that kind of feels weird, you know, because we were so close. It was such a intense start to a relationship, you know, a year of living with each other. You feel like you've been dating for three years. So to even have to announce it felt very strange. Yeah. Yeah. I've got like a backlog of cute pictures of us that no one's ever seen still because I couldn't share them with the world, which was honestly a crime. But mm-hmm. <laughs> wait, did you have to quit the job because you guys were in a relationship or you just wanted to quit it unrelated? No, that job basically gave me like a million mental breakdowns. So (laughs) yeah, that was, this is, I guess this is kind of a cute story, but me and Cam always got put on the most intensive projects because we were in the same house. So we could coordinate projects easier, which, you know, great for the business, not so good for me. I was blessed <laughs> to be given all of that responsibility. So I would be leading the projects, Cal would be supporting. And we just got put on the most ridiculous project. I mean, it was a very intense company anyway, and I struggled throughout. But yeah, we had this one project and it basically resulted in me having, I wouldn't even call it a panic attack because I think panic attacks are a very mental thing. Like when I've had panic attacks, like my brain is kind of going around in circles and being like, oh my God, I'm going to die. And then that kind of makes you get worse. But this was literally just an adrenaline attack. Like I had so much adrenaline built in my body because I was hosting interviews and things like that. So your body, I think naturally builds up this adrenaline. And I went into just like complete hyperventilating. Like my mind was really calm, but I was, my body just needed to release whatever was getting stuck up inside it. So Cam's never seen anyone have a panic attack before. (laughs) And I go, I like run into the bedroom. I start having this panic attack. He immediately goes into like crisis resolving mode. So he is like, okay, stay here. He runs into the other room. He lets everyone at work know what's going on because they had to like jump in and cover me. And then I'm having this panic attack. And again, I'm quite clear of mind, even though I'm hyperventilating. And I'm just thinking, Cam has been gone for quite a while. And then I think, I bet he's researching what to do when someone has a panic attack. (laughs) That's exactly what he was doing. He was downstairs ferociously Googling, what do I do when someone has a panic attack? Because he didn't want to do the wrong thing. And so he read, what you should do is you should try and... (laughs) Sorry, I'm going to laugh so much. (laughs) Um, He read, what you should do is count down from 10. So they focus on something other than your breathing. So he (laughs) he comes in and he's like, like stroking my hair and everything. And he goes, 10... Nine, eight. But he says, what he started to notice is that it would calm me for like a second. But when he started getting closer to one, I would start being like, <laughs> like freaking out again. Sorry, that's probably not a great sound for a podcast. <laughs> so when he started getting closer to one, I would freak out again um, and start breathing faster. So he starts trying to like switch up how he's counting. <laughs> so he's like, 10, 9, 8, <laughs> 7, 6, <laughs> 5. <laughs> like, just trying to switch up his technique so I calmed down. Uh, and then nothing was working. So eventually he just stroked my hair and then I calmed down because obviously who doesn't love a good little hair stroke? I mean, I certainly do. So, <laughs> but yeah, after that incident, I was like, okay, it is time for me to leave. And I, I quit my job literally two days later and I didn't have another job to go to, but I just handed in my notice. And then we could be open with our relationship to everyone. So, yeah. Okay, one more clarifying question because I feel like there might be some people listening who do live outside of the United States. If you don't mind going into it, like with your visa and quitting the job, did that make things like super complicated and stressful? Yes, absolutely. (laughs) Okay. So that's why I stayed in the job for so long because my visa was tied to that job. And you get, obviously you get different kinds of visa. Mine was quite an unconventional visa. It's called an E2, where you're basically tied, you are completely tied to the company that brought you there. So I quit my job and I spoke to a lawyer straight away. And she said, the only way you can stay in the US is you have a 60 day grace period. So you have to find a job within two months the job has to be basically in the same field that you're in. It needs to be a small company. The company needs to be owned by someone who is British because my visa was British and they need to have an E2 sponsorship because the company themselves needs to be a sponsor of E2 visas to be able to sponsor someone on an E2 visa. And this is a pretty, it's not a common visa. So when I heard that, I was kind of like, oh, <laughs> 
what have I done? Um, but I wasn't, I, was, I actually wasn't worried. I think Cam was a bit more worried than I was. Um, but yeah, I literally just went into major manifestation mode and I just pulled, because what I wanted from a job was quite specific too, right? I just left one totally shit job and I didn't want to go into something that was equally shit and equally going to stress me out. So I can't, I know you guys do so much on manifestation. So I like, I'll share this with you. I hope that it's interesting, but I could literally feel in my body what it felt like to step into this new job. And I was really specific with what I wanted to do because it was, it was quite a bit more specialized than what I've been doing previously. And I could feel it in every inch of my body. And then this image just kind of came to me as this massive ball of light. It's like the sun. Like I could literally feel it and picture it like the sun in front of me. And every day I just felt like I had a rope and I was just pulling that big ball of light towards me, which isn't how I usually manifest, but this is just how it came to me in that moment. And I've never been so convinced or so certain of anything in my life as I was in the fact that I would get that job, even though everything said it was so unlikely and it was really looking like I was going to have to go home. I just had that feeling and I had that vision and I pulled, I like literally felt that pull every single day. And two weeks after quitting my job, I had an offer from someone that I used to work with who I'd been put in touch with within that two week time period. So I got a new visa which unfortunately took a lot longer than we thought it was going to. It took a year. So again, asking about visas and complications, um, it was more complicated because of the pandemic. So what should have taken a month or two months took a year, but I finally got it. And now I'm in my new job and I'm much happier. So yeah, I'm very happy to say that. No, thank you so much for sharing that manifestation story. Do you feel like that experience really deepened your own practice with it and affirmed your trust and your intuition? It's actually a really interesting question because I think my answer isn't going to be what you expect. So it it did confirm like my intuition. You know, I think it confirmed this power that I felt I had inside me. And again, I don't know how what other people have experienced with that. But I think for me, I've always felt this kind of inner power and always been scared of it, like scared to tap into it to a degree. So it taught me not to be scared of that. But I also felt like it used so much of my energy. Like I literally felt like I was pulling that thing towards me physically. And it just drained me completely. So for like months after I did that manifestation, I just felt like empty almost because I just felt like I'd exerted myself so much in doing that. And I don't think that's what would usually happen. I don't want to put anyone off manifestation because that's not <laughs> that's not what it is. I think it was just the entire environment, like the entire situation that I'd been through. It had all been incredibly draining. At that point, I'd been away from my family for two years. So I think it was just a culmination of everything crashing down and the fact that I'd exerted all of that energy. I just kind of went into this like hermit phase where I just kind of went inwards and very much had to recover from the whole experience. But yes, in the long term, now I'm like, I am the most powerful being (laughs) that exists. I can make anything happen. So yeah. Okay. So now you have a new job. You're with your boyfriend. Mm -hmm. You're still in New Jersey. What next? So uh, yeah, this is the exciting bit because... I was waiting for such a long time for the job to come through that I was pretty much just had to sit still. Again, I had a real period of growth because I was away from my family. I was in someone else's home for two years, which is hard. You know, I'm 29. Being in someone else's parents' home, no matter how wonderful they are, is difficult. So, and Cam moved back to New York within that time. So it was just me and his dad for a little while. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So yeah, then the job came in and we started having conversations, Cam and I, because he's in New York and I don't want to be in New York. I think the pandemic made it very clear to me that I don't want to be in a city. I want to be traveling. I want to be out getting experiences. So when I got my new job, which is fully remote, I asked my boss if he would be okay with me traveling uh, within America. And he was very, very supportive of that, which again, I'm so lucky. He is the best boss. (laughs) 
So as of three days ago, I basically packed up everything I own into my car. I'm spending the next month traveling between New Jersey and Seattle. So I'm going to visit three national parks on my way. And then from there on, I'll be spending a month um, in an Airbnb and staying in a different state every month. So my plan is for Seattle, Vancouver, Oregon, California, down into Arizona. So yeah, I'm so excited because it has literally always been my dream to kind of be a digital nomad. So yeah, that's that's I'm so lucky that that's the adventure that I'm headed on now. And you're doing the thing. I'm doing the thing. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. I am so happy for you. I feel like with your stories initially about Colorado and that really pulling at your heartstrings, that this would be able to be very important and deeply personal to you. Do you just feel like nature is really where you're meant to be? Or what intrigues you so much about that region of the United States? Yeah, I think you're totally right that nature really calls me. In particular, being in forests and things, which is strange because I was brought up, uh, my mom loves the sea. Like she used to work on cruise ships. I've got, you can't see because this is a podcast, but I've got a giant mermaid tattooed up the length of my arm because being by the sea has always been so powerful to me. And then funnily enough, I saw a psychic um, four years ago now. It was just when I was getting into astrology, but I had the wrong time on my birth chart. And she's trying to read me and she's like, do you know, I just, I'm really struggling with you and this doesn't usually happen to me. Do you mind if we go and walk in the forest? Because I think that's going to work well for you. I was like, yeah, sure. In my head, I'm like, this woman knows nothing. Like I'm drawn to the sea. What is she talking about? Um, And also I'm a fire sign. I'm Aries and my chart is like pretty much all Aries. So again, going out into nature, going into the forest had never really interested me. And she, we were walking through the forest and she said, you've got Virgo energy, haven't you? And I said, no, <laughs> no, I don't. Um, and she said, I think being in nature is going to be so important for you. And it's going to help you really unlock like new parts of yourself. And being in the forest is going to be really important for you. So I took that to heart and I started like every day I would leave work half an hour early to go a different route so I could walk through a forest. And I would sit and meditate in the forest every morning. And it just, it's like, this is going to sound lame, but it's just like my heart started opening. You know, like I just started connecting so deeply with myself and it just really set up my days. Like I just loved it so much. Just that experience of just being outside and being among trees. And then I think it was like a year later, my mum found a picture of me from when I was born and it had my birth time in the picture. So I was able to go and relook at my chart and it turned out that I was a Virgo rising. Um, yeah. Wow. Wait, I, me too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. <laughs> so you must have a strong connection to nature too then. Yeah. As I've gotten older, I've realized it too. I think when I was a kid, I didn't think into it that much, but everything you're saying, just like your heart opening, feeling grounded, feeling connected. As we get older, I think we become more aware of how important that is. Yeah, totally. And yeah, totally my experience too, that the older I've got, the more I'm just like, that is what's important to me, being in nature, especially being in forests. Um, Yeah, I don't know what it is about trees, but I just have to be close to them. And so for me... I was really happy going to the same park every day. But the thing that really, again, kind of sets my soul on fire uh, as an Aries is experiencing the new and just kind of like connecting with trees and connecting with nature all over the world. Like I've seen the redwoods in California. I've seen the sequoias. And each of them just has such a different feel and a different energy and a different meaning to me that it's kind of like an addiction now. I'm just like, (laughs) I want to go and feel the energy in all of these different places and see how it feels. And yeah, so I think this trip is really helping me to, or going to help me to get back to myself because that's, I think, like you were saying, Alison, like that's when I feel truly myself and truly open when I'm out in nature. Amazing. I don't want to hog more questions. So (laughs) you can ask. I just have so many questions. Okay, going back to you hiring a medium, what inspired you to do that? Was that the first time you did it? Is that something you do regularly? Do you do Reiki? What other fun spiritual things have you dabbled into? Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I wanted to talk about this. So great segue, Allison. (laughs) Yeah, so I'm, yeah, super into spirituality. Again, that, you know, kind of recently, well, I say recently, I think five years ago, I was a very, very different person. I was not into spirituality at all. And this medium was kind of my first step into that. Um, 
she came recommended from a friend who had gone to see her because she had someone pass away. And so she was seeing her more from the view of, I would like to connect with that person again. I was very lucky that I didn't have anyone that had necessarily passed away that was close to me, but I was coming out of a very, very painful breakup and I'd just moved to London and I was kind of lacking direction and didn't really know who I was. So I just kind of, I'd always been intrigued by that. And so I thought, well, here's someone who's like a personal recommendation. Because I think if, you, if you're if you not in that world, you can have an interest in it, but it's very hard to find someone or know where to look to find someone who's a psychic who you know is reputable and gonna tell you things that are going to be helpful to you. So yeah, so she was my first But now I do see a psychic regularly. I've got one back in the UK who just gets me. Like I found her, I went to see her a few weeks before moving to America and I'd barely even finished walking in the door and she already knew without knowing my name, without knowing anything about me. She already knew that I was moving to America and she could tell me the exact emotions that I was feeling and how it was kind of going to pan out for me. So I just had a very strong connection with her. And I use her not so much to tell me what's going to happen in the future, but I use it as more of like personal tool to kind of help identify maybe those areas of growth that are opening up to you, but maybe you just need a bit of nudging in the right situation. I did talk to her when me and Cam were first getting together for (laughs) like clarity on that and making sure more of a confirmation, you know, like this is what I'm thinking and I want to see if anyone else is thinking that way too, or if this path is aligned with where I'm supposed to be going. And she's really pushed me also to always to keep coming back to America and making sure that I'm kind of following my heart and following my path. I feel like I'm rambling here. Hang on. <laughs> Let me think. What else did you ask? You asked about mediums uh, and then if you have done Reiki or mm. if you have any other spiritual practices that you incorporate regularly. Yeah. So I think as with most people, I definitely go through peaks and troughs. You know, I have times where spiritually I've got a toolkit and I'm very on top of using it. And then I have times where I'm kind of going through a growth period or, you know, some might call it a dark night of the soul and things drop out and you find your way back to them. My spiritual practice is very simple. I think like most people, um, you know, classic journaling, meditation, some of my favorite practices are just going out and walking bare feet on the grass if you're lucky enough to have a garden or a yard. And yeah, picturing kind of the roots and the so- like the soil kind of coming up around your feet and coming up your legs is a really beautiful grounding practice that I like. I do tarot readings for myself and sometimes for other people. I use astrology sometimes. I take a lot of baths with crystals. That's actually something that really helped me when I was really depressed, uh, taking a lot of baths with crystals just to cleanse myself and ground myself and kind of feel my own energetic strength was something that was very powerful to me. But I also do a lot of work on kind of my physical body as well, like trying to be very in tune with that. So I've been doing a lot of acupuncture recently, which I've been really, really, really enjoying. And also kind of being on that constant journey of trying to live in sync with your cycle and learn everything I can about my cycle and make sure I'm optimizing the foods that I'm consuming and things like that. So I think part of my spiritual practice is very much rooted in the physical and making sure that I'm as connected to my body as possible to then make sure that I can connect on a spiritual realm as well. I love that tie-in of the physical body. Like you said, most people think, you know, meditation, journaling, visualizing your highest self, but a lot of it is nourishing your body with the right things, taking care of the physical vessel that is enabling you to do all of that. Yeah, totally. I mean, if you think of our soul as kind of like responding to signals, right? So that energy is kind of, it's all signals coming into us. And it's like, this is going to be a shit analogy, but it's like a walkie-talkie, right? If you've got like a really old beat up walkie talkie, you've got a brand spanking new iPhone, like how is that signal going to come and be best received in this physical world? Like our body is a receiver, our body is the vessel, like you're saying that we're here and our soul can have such a deeper tie to that, I think, than we really allow ourselves to realize. So yeah, I just really believe that by optimizing my health, I'm really optimizing my soul's experience. That's amazing. Any quick book recommendations for getting into taking better care of your health in relation to spirituality? Um, I'm not so sure in relation to spirituality. I'm currently reading The Body Holds the Score. That is the best book in terms of how our body responds to trauma and how that manifests in your body 
from like trauma that you'll experience from when you were a young child and how that manifests in your body as an adult. It is so interesting and it is so spot on and it actually helped me have a lot of realizations of trauma that I'd been carrying from when I was very, very young and how to work through that. So that's a brilliant one in terms of connecting your soul and working through that and how yeah physical manifestations of health come through. I'm currently reading Woman Code, which is just about how to optimize your cycle and make sure that you are yeah living in sync with your power as a woman and living in sync with our our own rhythm you know our 28 day rhythm and cycle and how by living in sync with that how you can really step into your power and step up your manifestation and things like that too so they're two books i would recommend we'll throw those in the show notes if anyone wants to uh, check out those okay well thank you so much for sharing about your spiritual practice i could sit here for two hours and talk all things about this and keep going into it but in the sake of time while we have you i think we want to talk about just different culture things between life back in the UK versus your life here. Kara, did you have any specific questions that you were interested in? I know me and Holly have talked offline about all the differences, but I did say that you should talk about the food and the difference because I've been seeing so many videos on TikTok about the difference between the food here and that's something you'd notice too. So maybe you could talk about that category specifically. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. This is... I think this has been the hardest thing about transitioning from living in the UK to living in America is that I feel like you have to fight so hard and you have to understand food so hard, so hard, so well in order to really understand or like kind of keep your body in a healthy condition because it's basically, it's so much easier to pick the wrong thing in America because of all of the additives, preservatives, and things that they chuck into food. I think the biggest one for me is corn syrup. Corn syrup is used as a sweetener in America. And I actually, I'm a massive sweet tooth, right? I love cakes. I love bakeries, especially. And that for me is a highlight of any trip I go on. Like when I used to go around Europe, oh God, like pizza and bakeries, like that is what I would live off of. But most food here doesn't contain real sugar. It contains corn syrup. And corn syrup, I'm sure you guys already know, but I'll do a brief explanation and jump in if I'm saying it wrong, because I may well be. But corn syrup is basically a manufactured product. It doesn't exist naturally. And it was manufactured because you guys have a surplus of corn, because corn is subsidized by the government. So they made this and it's basically a much cheaper alternative to sugar. I think it's 70% cheaper for manufacturers to put this in your food does not provide energy in your body the way that sugar does. And what actually happens is your body takes that and it, this is really oversimplifying it, but it takes it and it just, it stores it as fat. It cannot burn it. It cannot turn it into energy effectively. It will always get a bit of energy out of it, but it can't do it effectively. And it's also more addictive. So you've got all of these manufacturers and you're told here, you can use something else instead of sugar that's 70% cheaper. I think I'm not going to say the statistics, I'll get it wrong, but it's way more addictive than normal sugar. So of course, when it comes to the bottom line, they're going to choose that. But it is so bad for you. And in America, they put it in everything. They put it in your bread. It's in everything. Like, Mm -hmm. exactly. And when you start knowing to look out for it, like I was so disappointed the other day, I was eating a Cliff Bar, which is targeted as like a healthy bar for people who are outdoorsy, which I like to think of myself as. And I was eating a Cliff Bar on a hike and I turned it over. One of the first ingredients was corn syrup. And I was like, great, there's something else that I can't eat now. Mm -hmm. So, and it sucks because I don't enjoy cooking necessarily. I enjoy cooking for other people, but when it's just like to put food in my body, I see it as a chore. And here you have to work so hard. You have to cook everything from scratch. Like even even to the meat as well. Like the meat here, again, it's just got so many, so many more, so much more preservatives in. Everything is grown using growth hormones. So again, connecting back to your cycle, so much of the meat here has hormones in it, which really impacts your cycle and also impacts men. This book that I'm reading says that men today produce 50% less sperm than they did, I think it was like 50 years ago, because there's so much estrogen in our food. So really what you have to do is you have to eat organic, which is not accessible for everyone, right? It's so expensive. Um, And you have to cook everything from scratch. And 
real sugar is so much better for you than corn syrup. Like I'll just cook cookies and stuff at home, just using a recipe, not a batter mix, like cook them from scratch Mm -hmm. because that real sugar is so much less bad for you than the corn syrup from the cookies from the store. And I also don't, this is just my British taste buds, but it just doesn't taste as nice. Real sugar tastes better and has more flavor. So sorry, that was a bit of a rant. I didn't. But you no, just have to be so really careful. Yeah. And not even just knowing how bad it is for you, how bad it makes you feel. Because mm. as Kara was saying, the TikToks, everyone's like, how come I can go to Europe this summer and eat all of this pasta and all of this bread and I feel fine? And when I do that back in the United States, like I feel terrible. Exactly. It's like gluten intolerance. Like a lot of people who have a gluten intolerance in America don't in Europe. And it's because of the preservatives that they use. It's because of the pesticides mm-hmm. that they put on the grains um, in the US that they're not allowed to use. Like they're actually legally not allowed to use those in Europe. So are groceries expensive in Europe since you're getting organic? No, they're cheaper. Yeah, what? (laughs) They're literally cheaper. Again, my auntie is actually doing a road trip through America with her family right now. And she messaged me like, oh my God, I cannot believe the cost of groceries here. I still can't. Every time, you know, you were saying, Kara was saying earlier she went to Trader Joe's and she was shocked at the price of things. And every single time, every single time I go to a supermarket, I am shocked at what it costs me because it's so much more expensive. Well, that could be a whole episode in itself. (laughs) And I'm like going to, we're going to figure this out offline. Why it's so much cheaper? Because that's just leaving me with a lot of questions. I'm like, why is it cheaper in Europe? Like, I feel like the just stereotype is that Europe is more expensive than the US. Maybe we'll have to, you may have to fact check me on that because also I'm not doing a conversion, right? I'm just going dollars to pounds, but it feels, it certainly feels cheaper. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's a huge one. And I think that's just something that we even talked about in last week's episode. We talked about community and how it seems like the default should just be that like, it's easy to find community. It's easy to meet new people, but it's not the default. It's actually, you have to go out and find it. And it kind of with the same thing with your groceries, like the default should be like, oh, if I pick up this apple in the store, I can just take a bite out of it and it's good. But it's like, oh, that was probably sprayed with pesticides. It's not organic. Like you need to buy the organic one. Then you need to wash that really heavily. So it's just stinky. Yeah, it (laughs) is. That's not the default. It is. But I love that you also brought up community and I know you were talking about it last week because that is like, I've been having the exact same lesson, right? Coming over here, I just thought it was going to be so easy for me to make a community. And then the pandemic happened, which obviously made it harder for everyone. But that's why I'm so grateful for things like your podcast and things like there's so many Facebook groups coming out. I know Kara and I met through Outdoorsy Gals, which is my favorite group because, you know, I think I had this expectation that my community has to be physically around me. Like I started to create this belief that I was going to come to America. I was going to create a group of friends and they were going to be physically around me. And I kind of almost had to go through a grieving process that that didn't happen, that that expectation didn't happen because I am such a social person. Like I really enjoy being around other people. But that's the beautiful thing about what's happening right now and what you guys are spearheading and the work that you do and what groups like Outdoorsy Girls are really helping is for us to create these communities and feel like we're part of something and feel connected to something and someone, even if you're not physically there in the room with them. Like that is so special to me. And it's something that I think I value now more than ever before because I know what it's like to feel without it. And I know what it's like to be with it. So little shout out to you guys because I think you're amazing. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Well, shout out to you in return. I was just going to say like, you just have such good energy. Even not us being in the same space for listeners sake, Kara and Holly are in the same room and I'm here in Omaha. But Holly, I can just feel such warm, radiant vibes coming from you and can tell that you just, I don't know, you just give off such good energy. That is so sweet. I know. (laughs) Thank you so much. (laughs) How lucky am I that... Because how we met, you know, that I found you and messaged you and like it worked out that you got to come on the trip and like we're still friends. Our videographer, Claire, you guys hang out all the time. You're both in New Jersey and New York City. So yeah, you're just a great person to be around. And when you text me, you're like, can I stay a couple of days? I'm like, stay longer. And you're like, are you sure? I'm like, Holly, you're a great person to be around. Like, you just have the best energy, like oh, Allison said. So you guys are so cute. Maybe not. I've been working while I've been here too. So <laughs> that, 
that's not the best. But yeah, and yeah, speaking of that, you know, that trip that we did together was just, you know, that was wonderful. So yeah, I think that's another thing that these communities are bringing is like opportunity, right? Like mm-hmm. when you're with like-minded people, you all just help to push each other towards bigger and better things. And I love that. And yeah, that's what I'm hoping to get more of on this trip because it's given me excuses to see people like you and catch up with people who are like-minded. And yeah, what a great community to be a part of the Outdoorsy Gals with the itinerary that you have because you're going to all the outdoorsy spots. Yeah. And hopefully you can connect with those people. I know you posted in there and there were comments like, hey, when you're in Colorado, like, let me know. I'll go on a hike with you. Like, this is just a reminder if you're listening, like, put yourself out there, find the groups that align with you because I'm sure like, this is a great connection that we've made. And I'm sure there's going to be so many more along your journey that will build community for you in person. Yeah, absolutely. I never thought I'd be saying this, but like, run, don't walk back to Facebook. (laughs) (laughs) Facebook groups are really where it's at. Like, if you ask me what social media channel I'm most thankful for, like, I love taking photos. I love photography and stuff. So it should be Instagram. But no, Facebook groups give me so much value. And yeah, outdoorsy gals. If you are someone listening that is not onto outdoorsy gals and you are an outdoorsy person... You need to get on that because it literally is like a family. It's so cute. Every time you reach out, every time I've like reached out on there when I've been feeling really down, when I've been feeling like very confused and needed direction and got so much support and love and yeah, equally posted on there when I'm traveling somewhere and I've got something exciting that's coming up and yeah, lots of support and love. So that's all you need in life. And the more you put in, the more you get out because... Mm -hmm. I found you from like one of your comments. I think you're like, I'm from the UK. And yeah. I was like, I mean, this is very niche and not really. It was so it was niche. Really rare, but like I was searching like UK in the search bar of this group. And then there you were because you had put yourself out there and you had commented and you had tried to make a bunch of connections with people. And yeah, you got something great out of putting yourself out there. It was very serendipitous. Our meeting felt very fated to me because yeah, that was, you were like my first friend that I made my first real life friend. Oh so gosh. it was wonderful. Aww. What a great friend to make. <laughs> Is there any final advice you have for anyone listening about moving across the US, road tripping, building community, finding your people online and in real life? Just anything else you want to say to wrap up today's episode? Yeah, I think, and this is something that you and I have spoken about, and it's something that gets spoken about on the Outdoorsy Gals group a lot. But, you know, the reason that I started this trip is because I really wanted me and Cam to travel together. I really wanted, we we both love travel, and I wanted us to work remotely and travel. And it's something that he's interested in doing, but it's not for him right now. And so it was a really hard decision because I don't want us to be long distance, but it just kind of came to a point where I realized, if not now, when? Like, if I'm not going to do it, then it's never going to happen. So there comes a point where it's just like, you you just have to get it done. Like, you just have to put yourself out there. And I think there's a fear of being alone that a lot of people have that stops them from going out and experiencing the world. And I certainly used to share that fear. But I love solo travel more than anything else in the world. I love traveling with my boyfriend, but I love traveling on my own probably as much, if not a little bit more. because. You're just so on your own time. You're so open as well. You're so open to receiving. So people are so generous with their time, with their friendships, with their experiences. People share so much with you when you're just putting yourself out there, when you're being open, when you're jumping, when you're saying yes. So if that was my advice to people, it's like that little thing that you've been wanting to do. You don't have to do it like right the second because, you know, we all need to make sure that things happen at the right time. And, you know, I've do you truly believe there's a plan? But yeah, if you're putting something off because no one's going to do it with you or you don't think it's the right time, then just go for it. Just do it. Because if not now, when? Amazing. That's how you ended up here in the first place. If you hadn't taken that leap to take that first trip to Colorado, then move to New York, then to go send that message to Cam, like nothing would have happened the way it did if you hadn't taken those risks. Yeah. Yeah. It's so true. That's so true. I love that you just said that. That was a very (laughs) nice way of pulling that together. So thank you. All right. And to wrap up, we have one final special question to you. What makes a good friend? Okay. I'm just going to say it. It's just love. You know, like when I think about my best friendships, it is just an open heart and you just feel that love like pouring in. I'll keep it short and sweet. Yeah. I think, yeah, it's just that love. It's just that love connection being open. That's a great answer and one that we haven't heard. I love hearing everyone's different takes on it. I think it says a lot about the person on how they answer because usually people's answer is like what they want back. So it's very special that you said love because that's truly what you're giving off. And that's 
a sign of what you want to receive in return. That is beautiful. Thank you. <laughs> Allison, I wish you were here with us. Yeah, yeah me too. I Iconic. <laughs> well, next time, let's just meet up with her. Let's just have to yeah, go to yeah, Seattle. Absolutely. If yeah. Well, if you're coming through Omaha... I probably will yeah. be. You know, I'm trying yeah. to go everywhere, so... <laughs> Yeah, well, yeah. on Tuesday is the full moon. You can come. We're doing a little full moon gathering. Oh, that sounds so good. I'm so excited for you doing that. It's going to be so fun. Yeah. Okay. Um, we'll message offline. We'll connect and <laughs> yeah. figure something out. Yeah. Well, Holly, well, thank you so, so much. You've been such a delight. What's It's been lovely. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, do that again. <laughs> it's been lovely. <laughs> yeah, that was worse. It was a one and done thing. The British accent came and she left. It was pretty spectacular. It was a delight. <laughs> it was... What's another word you say? Yeah, you could say delightful. It was delightful. Wonderful. No. <laughs> it was top, top notch. There we go. <laughs> All the things. Um, it truly was. So thank you so, so much. Please plug where people can find you. Oh, yes. I would love people to follow my adventures my handle is at sunshine by holly holly is spelled h-o-l-l-y and you can also find my blog at the same name which is sunshinebyholly.com so yeah i would love for people to like reach out and yeah connect i'm here to meet people so would love that amazing thank you so so much for coming on and yeah do you have anything else to say no i'm excited for okay. more adventures with you and Hopefully you guys can connect too as well. Yeah, I would love that. Thank you so much for having me. This has been so lovely. Thank you. (laughs) Thanks so much for listening to another episode of Already Friends. We'll catch you guys next week. Bye. Bye. Hey guys, thanks so much again for listening to another episode. We seriously appreciate all the love and support. And to show our appreciation, Allison's going to announce a giveaway that we have going on and she's going to tell you how you can get entered. All right. What you can win is a big PR box full of all of these awesome products. There will be something in there for everyone in order to get entered. There are two things you can do. One is to leave a rating or review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Make sure to send a screenshot of that to our Instagram. That way we know you left that review or you can put something up on your Instagram story, whether that's a screenshot of the podcast episode you're listening to, a quote that you resonated with, and tag us so that we can make sure to see it. And then we will put you into our chart of your name and we will draw at the end of the year. As always, if you guys want to stay connected with us, you can join our Facebook group, Already Friends Podcast, Friend Squad. You can also join our Patreon page, patreon.com slash alreadyfriends. It's $5 a month for a bonus episode every single month with access to our entire backlog of bonus episodes. Guys, so many good topics there. So go check that out. And yeah, as always, thanks for listening and we'll catch you guys next time. Bye. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.